This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. A PLLC Telgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Classic Rock, 94.9 MMQ, and special game day edition of The Game, 7.30 AM. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome in, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, live on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, coming to you live from the Price Right RV Studio, and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on Offensive Minded. That's on the game, 7.30 a.m. Joined, as always, by the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. You can hear him uh, daily, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m., Stout on Sports. And behind the glass, doing the Lord's work, keeping you updated on traffic and weather, it's Brock Palmbush. He's also heard daily, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Stout on Sports, the game, 7.30 a.m. All right, fellas, Michigan State with a chance to get back to 500 for the first time in, what, like six weeks? It's the 14th all-time meeting between MSU and Rutgers, both teams four and five. Uh, coming into this one, well, Tim, let's start here. Michigan- why are we on it? Uh, why is this game at noon? This is a big time deal. We don't we don't do noon games. <laughs> we don't get up in the middle of the night or so. It seems to come in and do the tailgate show. Are there people on campus right now tailgating in thirty eight degree weather? Yes, I saw them on the way in. Today. A couple of beers have been downed already. Getting ready for the Scarlet. A Knights couple come but, in here. Well, why are you telling people what we were doing? <laughs> yeah. It's the only way to do these 8 a.m., 8.30 shows. When's the last time that Michigan State's first game during a season was as early as noon? At on game at, 10. At this late? Yeah, this late I can't remember year. it. Can you? Michigan last year, wasn't it? That yeah. was October 30th. I think so. Yeah. That was the first noon game? Nope, it's no. not. Youngstown State was. Yeah. Oh, the, you're talking about home games because last year the Ohio State game was at noon on the road. Okay. But well, yeah, as far as yeah, home games that game was goes, late in the year. Yeah. Uh, well, Ohio State was late in the year. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was late in the year. Yeah, but he, Brock's right. The Michigan game was a noon kick and Youngstown State, which was the second game last year, but right? But weren't they both 8-0 then or something yes. like that? Yes, but so that was the big noon kick. That was the big noon, yes. that was the big noon kick on Fox. So we haven't gone quite that far. And uh, after the game today, we will hear about Indiana, which I would guess would be noon next week. And I would guess Penn State's going to be 3.30 because they don't like to interfere with the Michigan-Ohio State game. Right. But neither one of those two yet has been announced. You are uh, clairvoyant because that's where I wanted to go. Obviously, you know, does Rutgers move the needle ever? No. No. But Michigan State has a chance here to get back to 500 at 5-5. If they do that today, then you got to be feeling really good about the odds of clinching a, a bowl berth next week. because play in, Bowling Green in Detroit. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or Central Michigan. Did you see that backup quarterback I, for CMU? Trust me. You think bro, Tucker's been on the phone to him? Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, if anybody in the free world can explain to me 
how Michigan State can beat Illinois, given everything that was set up both sides going into that game. It, that's why picking these games is, like Fred says, it's a total waste of time because you, you can't bank on anything on predictions, and there was no reason to believe that Michigan State was going to win. And I, Brock and I will tell you that in 29 years of the Stout Show, we have never had a you pick them in 29 years where only one person picked State to win. And we had one, and I think he did it just to be funny. Everybody else picked, all right, I'll take Illinois 42 to 10. I'll take Illinois 38 to 7. And that didn't happen. And the game started with an interception on the first play right. where Illinois went right back down the field. Uh, and I don't know. That one to me is, a, if I called it during the week, a very good win and a very bad loss. Well, that's a great point. So let's talk about that. Isn't it safe to say now, take nothing away from State going on the road there and winning because it was more than just the the actual game. It was the circling the wagons that was impressive and everything they had to deal with during the week leading up to it. And they overcome it and got a win that they weren't supposed to. But can't we safely say now that Illinois is more a product of an absolutely cake-soft schedule. No question. Now, how you tell me who wins today, Purdue or Illinois? It's at Illinois, though, it's right? At Illinois. I would take it. Purdue just seems to find ways to screw it up, right? Well, see last week. Right, exactly. But then when you think they're going to continue to screw it up out of nowhere, they'll go on the road and bury Minnesota. Or they'll go on the road for a couple of years like they did in Barry, Iowa. So it's not like they haven't. And then they'll yeah. go on the road and beat Maryland. But okay? then they come home and then play an absolutely home. putrid offense in, in uh, then they, Iowa. Then they come home and lay an egg. <laughs> you know but, what, though? That that was foretold in the pregame. Did you see it? The pregame of the Purdue game last week, the little train came out and it died like halfway across oh, the yeah, field. yeah, I saw that. It was like, well, <laughs> the good Lord was trying to tell us something about that game. But to your point, how does Illinois coming off? You know, you know and the other thing is, when you think of the years that Illinois has struggled to sell five tickets to home games, <laughs> they had perfect weather, even though it was windy. They have 65-whatever-thousand people in the stand. I'd never seen that upper deck that filled in years at Illinois. They got everything going for them. They got a team on the ropes. They got eight of their defensive players on the travel squad the previous week suspended, mm-hmm. and, they, and they couldn't handle it. Hey, man. It's, that's what makes it great. That's why we watch it. That's why it's not settled on paper, right? So so why I, should anyone listen to my or yours or his predictions at the end of the show today? Fred says, why do you do that? I agree with him. Because predictions are stupid. I know, but it's it's just something we have pick to do. Political races, they're easier to call. Well, I don't know. Those were a little hard to guess Those, this week, too. Me, Did you notice me, that? Not for me. I, I didn't have any trouble with them, but football's impossible, at least the Illinois-Michigan State game. And yet the irony of that thing is when you thought State had this thing clearly put away, then the guy misses a field goal, and <laughs> Illinois goes back down the field, but they couldn't make it happen. I mean, it was just who make the most mistakes. I got a stat for you on that. Do you trust Mel Tucker at the end of the game? No. Me neither. I don't feel good about it all. And yet, they're 7-0 and in one-score games under him. He is to clock management what Dan Campbell is to fourth down. Now, that's a little extreme. That's a little harsh. Yeah. Why? A little. Because Dan Campbell has a functioning IQ of a squirrel. Well, that's be Mel Tucker has won some. By the way, Mel Tucker's won a road game. Dan Campbell still hasn't done that his year and a well, half. But in. the way I said it was, he is to clock management what Dan Campbell is to fourth down. I still think that's first, extreme. second, and third down. I mean, no problem. You fourth are really down. underselling the incompetence of Dan Campbell. Well, I think the fourth down problems Michigan State has had has been a lot more than just one game. 
And, of course, on, they have an explanation for it, too. On fourth down, clock management, no, or, no, or no, both? No, no, I'm talking about Tucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And his explanation, well, we had some communication problems. Right. Do you, you think? Yeah, and doesn't that, like, he said, well, we had operation issues. Okay, fine, that falls on you. You're the CEO of the football program. And you're preaching to the choir and to everybody who follows Michigan State football who sweats bullets at the end of a couple of these games. Yeah, I just don't feel good in those situations, and yet they've never lost in one of those situations under him. Why and doesn't then, either of those guys just say, yeah, you're right, we really screwed up? I don't know. I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out for years. I'm sure you have too. What's your working theory? I think it's they can't, ref- they cannot deign to uh, show weakness in front of the well, media. I've often that's what said it is. Big time coaches don't want to take advice from anybody else because they'll think that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. Because somebody else has to tell me how to do. I think almost every coach I have ever met at the big time level thinks, "Why would I take advice from anyone else? I got all the answers." And if I, it's it's weakness if I listen to somebody else on this, on more than just things on the field or on the court. Issues off the field and off the court well, too. I think that's I think that's a big reason. The other one is they usually are trying to, especially in college, they're trying to fall on the sword for the players. That's not the case here. But like George Perlis always said, what do you always say, Brock? Hey, we're all phys ed we're majors. We're all phys ed majors. We're all yeah. phys ed majors. George okay. said that over and so don't blame me, coaches. George said that. George is in the Hall of Fame. He is, and you know what? You're trashing Michigan State playing the day after Christmas in the Quick Lane Bowl, but he'll be very happy looking down. That's like his dream come true, isn't it? He oh, authored my, that bowl. It's my dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, now that we got that out of the way. I mean, the only thing, you, you go look at the four different, Brock and I did this for this week. We went to the, you can go online and Google bowl scenario, you know, mm-hmm. just the college bowl uh, set up. And they've got state. Yeah, they've got them obviously winning today in Indiana mm-hmm. and losing to Penn State. You can they don't say that, but you can tell that because all of them have them in the quick lane bowl. The argument is over who they're going to play. I mean, Brock, what there was Ball State, there was Bowling Green, and there was Buffalo, and I saw all three of them this week, and they're all awful. And I'm not. I think what Bowling Green's got six wins now, don't they? Buffalo, Buffalo gift wrapped that game to Central. They did just gift wrapped it, so they don't have six. That one yet. hurt. I had a little bit. But on But I that also game. told Brock I'll believe States in the quick. Bowl when I see yeah, it. because there's a possibility three Big Ten teams could end up in the New yeah. Year's Six. There's well, and there's too many other Big Ten teams that are going to have six wins. I don't. I mean, I'm 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 giving no shot. I told him I can't believe today State's a nine and a half point favorite. It's my ten point pick in a pool today. Me neither. Um, and we'll get to those point spreads a little bit later on. But here's you tell me what you think of this. It just seems to me like I get it. They've they've gotten better for three state weeks, particularly on defense, and it, it looks like they got a chance to make that four straight and then five straight weeks next week. But. Have they really earned being a two-score favorite over anybody? Yeah, I do. Rutgers is terrible. I don't think they're terrible enough for Michigan State to be considered in this like upper echelon above them. But you know what? State hasn't been home in four weeks, and I think getting back home today, even though the crowd could be lean. So you think they're going to cover that? Oh, I think they'll have that covered in the first quarter. By the way, it's up to 10 this morning. Back up to 10. I, I mean, if they don't beat this, I mean, the last view I had of Rutgers was Michigan doing the shuttle hurdle relay on them last mm-hmm. Saturday night in the second half and route to 38. Yeah, thank you for, for clarifying the second half because the, the first half, half was not good. That's what Michigan does, though, right? 
they like sleepwalk through the first half. They've done that virtually every Big Ten well, game. Well, it's like Harbaugh said. He had an epiphany overnight one night, thought it was going to be a problem, and <laughs> it was. was and it was an epiphany. He was right. And then at halftime, he went in, and they, you know, divine intervention came in, and they went 38 nothing in the second half. It wasn't divine. It was just reality caught up Plus with Rutgers. Fact, Rutgers Maybe. Well, they're down quarterbacks, too. And Indiana's down quarterbacks. And when you're down quarterbacks and you're poor to begin with, which those two are, if you watch those Rutgers guys trying to throw the ball to get back in the game, I mean, I, I said to Brock, where did they recruit some of these guys? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, that looked like a half spiral. There's no way. St- Look, if Michigan State is everything that it's paying, this should be no game today and no game next week. Come on. But that's just not how it works. And you were, I, I can't believe you're saying this when you started this rant 10 minutes ago with, how can how was I supposed to know Michigan State was going to win at Illinois? Exactly. I don't think history can repeat itself in the same century the way that game played out last week. And yet, the bigger it surprise to every some year, people though. was the COVID game number two at Michigan when Michigan was coming off its win over Minnesota, was a four-touchdown favorite. State got blown out by Rutgers here the last time they played here. Seven turnovers that well, day. And that covered and it all up. Won, because they won that game. Right. Well, again, transitive property doesn't apply. That's the big thing. Like, people forget that in sports. That means nothing, right? Because matchups are different. And then number two, like, you just can't predict it. Like, I, I, why are we having this exercise? You just you started all of this this whole show today well, talking about how bizarre Michigan State's win at Illinois well, was. Like Don't said, tell me Rutgers can't come in here and win. Are you kidding me? He had State winning over Illinois something like 47 to 13, and I didn't bat an eye. I mean, I mean he had <laughs> Illinois winning 47. Oh, I was going to oh, say, okay. thank you for he clarifying. He had Illinois winning 47 to th- So, you know, I mean, I don't bat an well, eye. That, but but I think to your point, I think Illinois, yeah, uh, that's fool's gold. But. If they beat Purdue today, they got it. I mean, they're on they're on track to well, probably get to Indianapolis because they're going to lose at Michigan and then probably beat Northwestern. Now think about that. Okay, so whatever happens with them happens today. They're going to lose in Ann Arbor next week. Yes. Illinois will represent the Big Ten West in the Big Ten title game, having gone zero and three against the Big Ten East, including the next to last team. In those standings, Michigan State. What does that tell you? There's a reason the Big Ten West has never won. They're 0-8 against the the East in the title game. The Big Ten Championship game, the de facto Big Ten title game, is two weeks from today. Uh, I think it was actually last week in Champaign. No, because it'll be Michigan versus Ohio it was, State. Yeah. It's a joke. No, no. I, uh, but, but, <laughs> I, it's, but if Illinois loses today... You know, now, wide open, right? Because then they would have three losses. Now you got well, and they're going to get four then with Michigan, right? And who's right on their heels? Purdue. Purdue. Well, was Wisconsin still hanging around? Minnesota's, Minnesota's still there. Minnesota's still there. Iowa. Iowa's still there. Who's then, not in it? Northwestern. That's Northwestern it, right? And, Nebraska, and then after today, Nebraska. And Nebraska Northwestern yeah. and Nebraska are the only two not in it. What's the tiebreaker, Brock? Do you know that? Head to head, obviously that's number one. And then but how do you do that, that? There's like four teams with three or three I'd losses. Have to, I'd have to look it up. And does it matter? Know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does, it's, it's just a sacrificial lamb, pretty much. <laughs> Who wants a trip to Indianapolis to feel bad about themselves? Well, with the final score. Where it does matter is the loser of the game in Indianapolis is probably by default going to get a New Year's Day game in Florida. Yes, unless it's like a four loss or whatever Wisconsin has and gets in there, right? Like then that probably doesn't happen. Well, to Brock's point, how many Big Ten teams are going to get in the New Year's Six? Because Penn State more than likely is going to finish 10-2. and two. So that's three teams that are going to be ranked in the top ten. And, Brandon, I looked it up. Uh, it, there's a possibility Penn State could get a at-large in the Orange or the, uh, yeah. or the um, Cotton Bowl. 
All right. More than like more than likely the Orange Bowl. If they finish ten and two, if they finish nine and three, they're going to go to Florida. Well, okay. Let's let's dig on that. We'll, we'll put that a pin in that, and also the college football playoff rankings because there's some developments there this week. I think the committee is tipping its hand as to what's going to wind up happening there, and there are big implications for the Big Ten, not just teams that are positioned for the playoff. Let either. alone tonight's Texas Christian at Texas game. Indeed. Remember I gave you Notre Dame over Clemson. Yes. I'm going to give you Texas over Texas Christian in Austin tonight. And that's going to create problems <laughs> because now it's going to bring all those one-loss teams into because I don't think Texas Christian's going to get in with one loss if it loses to Texas. No, they're not because, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, there are SEC teams lying in wait. Just lying in Tennessee's in great shape right Tennessee now. Tennessee has, and I don't want to jump into this just yet, but Brock made a good point. Tennessee is the biggest winner in the rankings this week. Because all they have to do is win three regular season games. They don't even play for a conference title, and they're guaranteed to be in. Yep. It's right there in front of you because of all the teams in front of them that are going to have to at least lose once. It right? helped them lose to Georgia. It really did. In a perverse it, way. It did because now Georgia has to play one more tough yeah. game, yes. which is going to be against LSU or maybe Bama. And or by Ole the way, Miss. or Ole Miss. I don't think, it's, I think Ole Miss is going to lose today. To you think Alabama. they're going to lose to Alabama? Ole Miss can't throw. You know, and like you always say it about Michigan, you're not going to be able to get to where you want to go if you well, can't throw. You think that's going to fly in the, in the SEC? Like SEC, the Alabama's weakness this year is pass defense. They aren't going to challenge yeah, them today. Getting Nick the week after a loss. That too. You're getting him a week after a loss. You know, I think Ole Miss is not in the same league as LSU either. I agree. Especially LSU on the road at night. I definitely agree. I but we can Brian also Kelly. we can also look to two weeks ago when LSU drummed them forty five to twenty. Right? Yeah. Because they can't throw. They're one-dimensional offense that just won't fly, especially in the SEC. Lane Lane Kiffin won't beat Nick. Is he going to Auburn? That's the big rumor now. Auburn wants Lane Kiffin. I thought it was supposed to be Bill O'Brien. That's what we heard for two weeks, and then it didn't happen. Right. And I've heard Coach Prime. Oh, yeah. Deion Sanders. His name's been thrown out there. Yeah. What are they going to do? I don't see Deion Sanders. Me neither. I think he's waiting for Florida State, which might also be open. Ooh, you think they'd get rid of Mike Norvell well, after almost, one year? They all, no, it's his third year. They almost fired him last year. Is this well, Norvell's third year? Yeah. I thought it was yep, his first year. It's his third year, yep. They almost got rid of him last offseason. The best part about Auburn is it's paying out $37 million for two guys <laughs> to get lost. Where do I sign up for that deal? <laughs> You're telling me. I mean, Good work. I, I can get it. This Brian Harson coached 21 games, and they owe him $16 million. I, and he, Everybody said they feel bad for him. Are you kidding me? You feel bad for him when all he's going to do is get grief every week. Now he's probably in Tahiti somewhere in a beach. See, I'm going to invest here. I'll invest yeah. here. I'll invest here. Is is Ellis or excuse me? Is Auburn really that big of a jump from Ole Miss? I I don't know either way. Seems kind of lateral. You got to play Alabama, LSU, right. Florida, Georgia. I mean, if they're gotta, doubling the money, that's one thing. But I don't think they're going to do that. But the good thing about Auburn is, like, you know, I don't. All I want to know is what the buyout is. That's <laughs> all I want. I don't need to know anything about recruiting budget. I don't need private planes. What's the buyout? Oh, twenty million. Where do I sign? All right, we're going to buy out this segment. Weak segue, I know, but it's 8.30 or whatever. On the other side, Mad Dog. It's Mad Dog's take on the game. We're here till 10.30 today, taking you up to network coverage from the Spartan Media Network. MSU Rutgers coming up at noon. Stay with us. The White Law PLLC Tailgate Show is back after these messages. Another travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. 
next. The Mel Tucker Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State football every Thursday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the questions you want answered. The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Ameriprise Financial, Dark Bank, Doubting Industries Incorporated, Chupan and Sons Incorporated, Blue Moon Belgian White. The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Right now around the uh, mid-Michigan area, traffic is uh, pretty free and clear outside of 496 going westbound between Martin Luther King Boulevard and Waverly Road. That's due to the ongoing construction uh, in that area. So motorists uh, be aware of that. As far as weather goes, here in East Lansing. Well, right now it's 36 degrees. It is uh, going to be, uh, it's going to get up into the uh, lower 40s uh, late earlier, uh, early in the afternoon. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to snow or even rain. It's just going to be mostly cloudy, kind of just a dreary late fall day here in mid-Michigan. It's 36 degrees right now. Your game day travel and weather updates brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Classic Rock, 94.9 MMQ, and special game day edition of The Game, 7.30 AM. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV. RV Studios. Welcome back. Whitelaw PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ live from the Price Right RV Studio and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. And now it's time for Mad Dog's Take on the Game with David Mad Dog DeMarco, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, one of a kind every time. Blue Moon is a proud partner of Michigan State Athletics. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good, fellas. How's it going in uh, cold East Lansing? It's the first real day of winter. We had 70s 48 hours ago, and now we're down to 30-something. What's it like down there in God's country? Well, it's real foggy right now on the mountain. I don't know. It's going to be, I don't know. 65 or so today, something like that. Everybody but, wants uh, to know who the new Auburn football coach is. If you don't know, nobody does. Nobody well, knows. I heard, I heard what you said. And I, I thought Bill O'Brien might just step down because they, they're really not real happy with him in Alabama. Uh, they're not happy with their defensive coordinator either. People got to understand, they lost those two games by four points. But I think, I think that Nick, it's different from him. I mean, and these people in Alabama agreed with me. I think he's just getting tired. Uh, it's not the same fiery Saban guy at his post-game pressers. He's like, you know, this is on me, and he a lot of ums, and this, that, and whatever. And, you know, people forget that LSU quarterback came into East Lansing as a true freshman with Herm Edwards in Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And, and they that, that was the game that, I don't know, Geiger or one of those guys missed field goals. Uh, I don't think it was Geiger. It was the other guy. Coughlin. Anyway, Coughlin, yeah. Yeah, Coughlin. He missed like three field goals. But the bottom line is, 
it was three, third and 15, and, oh, and Michigan State just had to stop them. They would have won the game. And right. that quarterback that played for LSU last, he was the one that got the 15 yards. So the guy's a really good quarterback. And, you know, the thing is, Alabama had a really good chance to win both those games, and they couldn't cut the cake. And I think that a lot of it has to do with NIL with these players, their egos, uh, this, that, and whatever. And I don't know if a veteran coach like Saban, you know, like Izzo, I don't, I don't know if these guys can handle this stuff as time goes on. You know, these guys are making a lot of money, and, you know, they're on campus. And But, I mean, Alabama still, you know, they're not going to go to the Final Four, but they're still a super good team, and they, it is what it is. I think Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, he likes to jump around. Uh, you know, I think that um, – I agree with Brandon. I think that uh, the GOAT, I think he's waiting for the Florida State job to open up. But, I mean, Auburn wants to get back there with Alabama um, toe-to-toe, and right now they're just not. I mean, it's unfortunate how Alabama lost those two games, but they did lose those two games. And you got to give Brian Kelly a hell of a lot of credit even though he combed the transfer portal, he lost guys like Eli Ricks to Alabama and this guy and that guy. And, you know, he rolled the dice going in there uh, after mm-hmm. being the winningest coach at ND. Uh, his, his, his career is storybook. I mean, it just is from Grand Valley to CMU to Cincinnati to Notre Dame and now to LSU. And they didn't hire him just to, like, the, the, no, there's no short leash on Kelly. And what he accomplished, uh, you know, last week uh, was, was incredible. Michigan State, on the other hand, I mean, Dean, you're the one that said to me, you know, so what you're telling me is you're saying Michigan State's going to score 24 points. And I said, that's exactly what I'm going to tell you. Because you look at the betting line, and they were due, and Illinois was overrated. And Bielema, hey, will somebody get him to many weight loss? That, guy, <laughs> that guy's like 400 pounds. And it was poorly yeah. coached at the end of the game by both teams. But I just thought, you know, they didn't score 24, but they scored 23. But they would have hit 24, Dave, if they makes that extra point. So you pretty much are right on the spot with the prediction. Or if he makes the field goal at the end, the chip shot. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, today, I, I'm, a, I'm with Tim. I mean, they really should blow them hey. out. I don't have a high score, which I'll tell you. But the numbers tend, like Brandon said. And Michigan State, even though they've had to weave their team together after what happened at Michigan with new players, these players are hungry. They want a chance. These other guys, you know, they had their opportunity. They got too overzealous in the tunnel. We all know that. We talked about it last week. It's not worth bringing up. And other guys that come in there, they want to play. And, you know, is Thorne going to get the ball to uh, Reed, which he should, Coleman, Mosley, who's going to run the ball? I mean, Rutgers, we remember what happened when Seattle took over coming from Ohio State. He he had 11 new players from the transfer portal. They just... He, he has got to find a quarterback. He has got and to find really, a quarterback. You can go upgrade everywhere he's tried to upgrade, but still, when you watch them play, where does it start with them when they have problems? They cannot get the ball down the field because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, how many million people live on the East Coast? One of them must be able to throw the ball. Now, he's had a couple of these guys. Maybe you remember last year at Rutgers, they had no quarterback in that game. And I think State's yeah. defense is going to be a little – they'll be peppier today because they won last week and they haven't been home. Now they're home. And they're not playing Ohio State. They're not playing Michigan. And they're not playing Penn State today. Uh, they're playing Rutgers. <laughs> well, let's move well, on to I the mean, next one. You're right. And, I mean, you look in the history of Rutgers uh, in New Jersey, the state, going back to Joe Thiesman, Joe Thiesman, 
tea leaves to go to ND. They had Drew Pearson. They've had just outstanding football players come out of New Jersey, the New York area. And even with Ciano in his second tour of duty, I mean, he it's hard to get guys to go there. I mean, you know, James Gandolfini is the, the best guy that ever come out of Rutgers. <laughs> so I, I just can't see Michigan State losing this game. You know, uh, going to Penn State, the last game, that's not a home game, is it? No, it's, no, at, it's Penn at Penn State. State. But to your point, that's gonna, look what happened to Maryland. That's be a kicker. Go ahead. Sorry. Maryland was a doormat, and then Tagovailoa yeah. went there. Now look at Maryland. Maryland is competitive because Maryland finally found a quarterback. Purdue was a doormat, and then that kid, Aiden O'Connell, comes around, and if nothing else, they can move the ball and they can score. If you don't have anybody else around you but you got a quarterback, you got, in my opinion, you got some kind of a shot. Rutgers has no quarterback, and Indiana doesn't either. Now, they've had injury issues with all wait a but that's why I think Ohio State and Michigan are desperately trying to protect those two quarterbacks because their future, with the records they have, absolutely can get shattered if they lose either one of those quarterbacks. I don't and, know about Michigan's, though. That's not the way they play, right? Yeah, but the other thing is State's Handing the ball off? I like, th- State's quarterback, he's hung in there. I think Thorne's hung in yeah. there. He hasn't had a great year, no, but he's hung in there. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed with him after the first play last week when he threw that interception. I thought he's going to be down, and now they're going to get beat. But he came right back. I mean, he came, he hung in there. He'll hang in there today because he's going to want him. He's got to say to himself, if I'm going to have a big day, it's going to be today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, mean, I, I really, though, I thought Bourne would be better this year, but the whole scheme and the whole thing has just been wild. And then what happened at Michigan after the game, it's been wild. Them coming back, I mean, they were a dog on the road to Bielema's, uh team. And, and now with Rutgers and Seattle, Seattle's a great veteran football guy. He, he is, but he, he got to get players. And, and that's one thing, Tim, you always say. I mean, these coaches don't get stupid. They just need better players. you got to get better players. Although I do think Illinois' play calling uh, was a puzzle to me at times last week. But then what week is it at a play calling? Because like uh, Dave says, on both sides of the ball, some of the play calling there, uh, you know, was off kilter. But, I mean, they're not playing Penn State. They're playing Rutgers. Yeah, but this quarterback that was terrible last week, he turned the ball over, I think, three straight drives against Michigan. In the third quarter, yeah. Yeah, Gavin wins it. He, this is the kind of player you're talking about. Shiano went and got a four-star quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in that class. It's just he hasn't had time to develop. And also, we got to talk about the system, right? Like, does it matter who the quarterback is for Purdue? He's going to get a ton of yards because they never run the ball. And then look at Michigan. Does it matter who the quarterback is? You hand the ball off, right? Cade McNamara. Do you think the record would be well, much different with Cade I, I McNamara? Mean, I tell I'm Rutgers, honestly asking. I would tell Rutgers, if you're going to beat Michigan State today, you cannot do it just running the ball against them. Because State's defense is going to hang in there against them. You can see it. When I get to my they, defensive key, all the- I got to do is stop them running the ball. Because <laughs> that quarterback occasionally throws a spiral. Dave, like, this, what have I been telling you? Been in rare form since August. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is his deal. I mean, it was funny, though, last week when he said that. So what you're telling me is Michigan State, I mean, I echoed that. I almost texted you a couple times. And maybe Locke was more on my side on that, and I don't really care. But as far as Bielema goes, another overrated guy. I mean, it really, nobody gave Michigan State a chance in hell to win that game. And I'm like, if they're going to get up for this game of any of the games, this is the game because guys are going to have an opportunity to show their talent and get a chance to play. And then the, a lot of these starters that got caught up in the emotion of uh, the tunnel aren't playing. So 
So they don't have no pressure. These guys aren't going to probably come back the rest of the season. So they might as well show and play their you-know-what's off. And, and, and again, Thorne hung in there and got the job done. The guy's got a lot of experience. I thought he would be better this year. The running game has not been uh, – there's been no running game. I mean, Berger's the top runner, and I'll read that when I read the, the offensive Well, you tell me, when, when those eight guys got suspended, does that mean they've been playing the wrong eight guys in the first place? <laughs> People have wondered that, that because the guys – that I mean, there were guys that were dressed last week that – Good point. I mean, maybe yeah. they've been playing the wrong guys. Yeah, there were guys that were dressed on defense that none of us had ever heard of. Like who's that's, that guy? A, uh, what's that guy? What, what uh, he's wearing number seventy four? Who's that? I mean, when they played Ohio State, you guys remember that secondary? They, oh. I mean, Stroud had those guys on their back heels. That one pick for six, the Michigan State defender, the secondary uh, guy, was in the wrong position. He was in the wrong position, and Stroud just threw a bad ball, and he picked it and ran it in, and you well, know, it, it's just been a wild season. It just has, and I think. If you're going to give all those assistant coaches at state criticism, you got to give them some credit. Because Ellen, you know, Mike Brock hears me say this all the time. To me, the difference between NFL stats and college stats, NFL teams play NFL teams. College teams play Akron one week and Ohio State the next week. So when <laughs> Illinois comes in giving up 8.9 points a game, number one in the nation, and 224 yards a game, number one in the nation, and yet State went through them up and down the field at times, you say to yourself, who has Illinois played to get the numbers? Now, do I think Illinois improved? Yeah. I think they've improved, but to put to have the opportunity that Illinois had last week and to lay an egg like that against the last place Big the Ten East team Big Ten East without team, eight defensive without players. Eight de- <laughs> right. who were all on the travel squad, so it's not like those eight guys included five walk-ons. Right. Those are all scholarship guys. And I thought to myself that I said, I'm not sure State's been playing the wrong guys in the first place. <laughs> so, like going back, going back to the Wisconsin <laughs> Illinois game. Barry Alvarez didn't fool around with Kristen. That was his guy. He lost to Bielema at Camp Randall, and he got canned. And now the people are going, you know, Bielema, he'll get players. There's players in the Midwest. He'll get some. But he'll be, you know, he's in the division where he could go to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. He's been there with Wisconsin. That's his goal. But as far as Michigan State goes, I, I mean, again, they win today. They, I mean, they they'll be bowl eligible next week. They should beat Indiana. Uh, I don't know if they can win at State College, but they could go six and six under a situation it is. But uh, I'll read you the offensive keys, and then I'll uh, bid you guys adieu. Good morning. These are your old keys for today's contest between the MSU Spartans and the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Your old keys are brought to you all season long by our friends at White Law PLC at Okemos. White Law PLC is a full-service law firm located in Oakland, Michigan, serving clients across the state of Michigan. White Law PLC attorneys offered their clients an array of expertise in their practice areas. Get a free consultation today. Phone 517-888-0677. MSU cut the cake last week uh, on the road, got the job done. MSU is 4-5. and five. Rutgers also is 4-5. and five. And uh, Rutgers is a 10-point dog on the road. Michigan State should cover that. Uh, their veteran head coach, Greg Siano, will have Rutgers ready to play. He's been around a few campfires, and Peyton Thorne is 172 for 267, 1,896 yards, 14 TDs, 9 picks. Berger, like I was talking, 104 carries, got almost 500 yards, 5 TDs. 
Uh, well, I really don't care who gets the rock. Try to establish a running game to open up the pass. With Coleman has uh, six touchdowns, but Reed and Mosley are burners, and they're very, very solid. I like MSU today, but they have to attack from both sides of the ball. They still have a bowl game to play uh, to get in, a game to play to get into the bowl. Uh, MSU can win this game if they play aggressively, offensively, and attack. Thorne is the leader. Show it. I like MSU 28-17. That's why that's where I'm I'm sitting. So we'll have to wait and see. I know that you guys are you know got up early, come to the station a little different than it's been in the past when you uh, go out and you be cold and then you go into the uh, going to the RV. I'll never forget next last year's Michigan game, Tim. Well, I mean, I got there at twenty after six, and it was just nuts. I mean, yeah. you know, no no game will ever be. No beginning of a game and tailgate will ever be like the Michigan-Michigan State game 2021. No way. And it just won't. I mean, that was just too nuts. And Brandon, I think you were there, weren't you? Yeah, um, at least physically I was. He was arrested. <laughs> if you know was, what I mean. He was arrested early in the morning that day. Appreciate your honesty, Brandon. Yeah, he was arrested early. Well, you got you to gotta get started early for those noon kicks. It like was. Today. We got there, D- Dave, I got there like 10 minutes after you did at like 6.30 in the morning and... The Ralph Young track wasn't packed, but there was a lot of people there. It was just wild. So, Dave, before uh, you go, just, before you go, you know police reports better than anyone else. Why hasn't the police report come out from all those around the tunnel incident that was supposed to come out this last week? Brandon would know that too. You guys know police reports. Well, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, the guy that's covered court things. I just think that they're just sitting on it and sitting on it and sitting on it like. They like sitting on things. That's what and Michigan State likes sitting on things. Just you know, we look at the Tucker contract thing with the free. They're going to sit on that whole thing. You know, I, I saw Tom's uh, remarks live. You know, uh, uh, YouTube. What he said about uh, they're getting sick of being the bad guy, and I'm like, getting sick of being the bad guy. I mean, I I, I just don't understand. Uh, I'm not going to say beyond comprehension because Andrew Abu doesn't like that term, but I will say that getting back to that situation, I I don't know if any of those guys will come back to Michigan State. I mean, do you guys think they will? I mean... I think the younger guys, yeah, I think the younger guys will. Yeah, because I I don't think there's going to be anything criminal out of it. Um, I I think they're just wrapping up the investigation and taking their time. I I don't I don't see how out of the videos that have been released, how there can be any serious criminal prosecution, because remember, prosecutors don't bring charges unless they feel like there's a slam dunk. Well, you two guys would know. I mean, I just think you well, two I, guys. I mean, Dean, you have that tether. I mean, you have at least, at least the situation the way it is now, Tim. You don't have any opportunity to burn any pant legs. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, you know what? Well, that's probably yesterday I was saying to him during the breaks. I said, look at the weather for the Indiana game next week. The high is 30. I said, what if we were doing these shows outside tomorrow, <laughs> meaning today and next week? I'm telling you, when Liz came in here in July or August and said we're doing the shows in the studio this year, I hit my knees and looked to the heavens. Believe me. Well, uh, you can you can thank your boy the Mad Dog because I was the one that pushed that to make the most. Sense. I mean, I was hoping we were going to get a heater to put in the studio here, frankly, but uh, we haven't well, needed that you, so you can far. Tell that story again because it's a classic. For time. Hey Tim, I, I hate to tell you this, but your pant leg yeah. of your khakis is on fire right now from the heater. Yeah, yeah. I had a little smoking. trouble explaining that when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, you guys, enjoy the day, enjoy the weekend, and I'll talk to you guys in a week. And uh, 
talk to everybody at East Lansing. I'll okay. see you guys. Take care, Dave. Appreciate it. That's Mad Dog's Take on the Game, brought to you, as always, by Blue Moon Belgian White. We're out for another break. Back on the other side, more banter and more Tim Stout, liar, liar, pants on fire, literally, stories on the other side. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations. Back with more of the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM and 94.9 MMQ in less than 60 seconds. The Michigan State Spartan hockey team is back for another season on 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Michigan State Spartan Hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Avoid the interruptions from the games and listen longer in the free 1240 WJIM app. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Traffic pretty much looking free and clear on the highways and the main roads this morning. You do need to be aware of the construction on 496, both directions between Martin Luther King Boulevard and Pennsylvania Avenue. That's going to be active for another couple of weeks. It is a little bit slower than normal 496 westbound between MLK and Waverly Road. As far as the weather goes, it's just going to be a cold, dreary day, late fall day, 37 degrees right now. It's going to get up into the low 40s when we get into the game. Really not much of a chance of rain or snow, just uh, cold, gray, and dreary. It's 37 degrees right now in East Lansing. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ live from the Price Right RV Studio and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Sports, excuse me, MSU Health Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. All right, guys. I wanted to dig in on this storyline. Let me set up some stats, and then I got a question for you. Ready? Okay. So, Michigan State's defense has come a long way. Since the four-game losing streak to Washington, Minnesota, Maryland, and Ohio State, they've played three and had improving defensive performances every week, gone 2-1, obviously, in those three games. Listen to these numbers. In that three-game streak against Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois, MSU's defense is allowing 248.3 passing yards per game. That's down 91 yards from the losing streak. 
One, they're allowing 176 rushing yards per game. That's still not good, but it's down 14 yards from the losing streak. Total yards, 424.3. That's down over 100 yards from the four-game losing streak. They've brought down third-down opponent's conversion percentage from 62-plus percent over the losing streak. In the three-game streak since, it's at 42.2%. And over these three games, they're allowing 24 points per game. That's down from over 37. You know what I'm going to ask? Has Scotty Hazleton saved his job? as Michigan State's defensive coordinator. Too early to tell. It's three games left in the regular season. I don't know that Tucker's down on any of those coaches. I think, and and I would, like I said, for after the Illinois game, I mean, I think if, if you're going to be critical when they lose, you got to give them a little, couple of high fives when they win. And I thought was most impressive to me against Illinois was the motivation they showed. They looked like they went there to win. They didn't look like they were down because the season has nothing left to play for. I, I thought State had a chance to win once they stopped Illinois after the first interception. You know, Illinois got down inside the five-yard line and then had fourth and goal, and State stopped them oh, yeah. on fourth they, and goal. Fourth I thought down. they oh, did. But State because, came back, and they're going to play today. Okay. They did, but the 60-yard pass was basically off the same field position off the punt, so they kind of still scored on that sequence. I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, but, 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 you know, State, man, they, they played to win. And you say, well, that sounds sophomore. When don't they? You know, body language is everything. And they didn't look like all of the trauma at Michigan carried over to them at Illinois. They looked to me very well prepared to play the game. I mean, look, I'm as critical about some of the things they do as anybody, but I think you got to be fair with it, too. To me, that's a terrific win for them given the situation. You know, they'd lost five out of their last six, mm-hmm. and they'd lost eight guys off the travel roster on the same side of the ball. And, mm-hmm. and and they don't four were starters, and four were starters. Yeah. And you know the thing about this team compared to a year ago that's glaring. They don't have nearly the place kicking talent this year that they had. The, the mm-hmm. punter's the number one guy in America, and to me, he could almost be their MVP because he changes field position. And he did last week. And he did last yes, he week. Did. He changes field. He's averaging. wind was a factor, but still. But still, he changes field position and. Uh, you know, so their defense doesn't have to go, you know, give up 20-yard drives. They have to, you know, you got to go 85 yards on them because the doggone guy kicks it to the end of the field. But on place kicking, you know, that game never would have come down to the end if the guy doesn't miss a chip shot field goal at the end of the game, let alone an extra point. The extra point, right, makes it a nine-huge play. Yeah, that, then the game's not even in doubt. I don't know either, man. I, that always blows my mind. We've, But it's not just – it can happen anywhere. We've seen Alabama struggle to field kickers yeah. despite all of the success. But traditionally, and, states had good kickers. Yeah. Oh, traditionally. Yeah. Yeah, no matter yeah. who the coach is, they got a guy that can kick the ball. And they, they never got caught short, as Alabama and Michigan, in my opinion, have done through the year. Now look where Michigan is with an All-American place kicker, right? Uh, even Alabama's kickers. I mean, I, well, I, Riker, I'm amazed yeah. that some of these coaches, don't put, even in the NFL, don't put more emphasis with draft picks or whatever on a punter or a place kicker. In Behringer's case, in the NFL, he's averaging 50 yards a punt in the fields the same size in the NFL. Would you want that guy? I'd want that guy. Yeah, but the issue is, and he said this, I saw when the State Journal did a profile on him, getting to the NFL is not about how far you can kick it or how good your A punt is. It's how consistent your B minus or C plus punt is. But he, That's hasn't, what makes... had, but he hasn't had too many of those I've seen. I haven't seen many shanks from him. Right. Well, that's my point. Like he, his B plus or whatever is really, really good. Yeah. So I think you're right. He has the makings of an NFL punter. But something else that happens is, you know, with an NFL team that's outdoors, 
a place in a cold weather climate, that's a big, big differentiator, right? So like guys who punt in Green Bay and Buffalo have to, it's harder to punt when that when that ball's a rock, right? You don't really deal with that in college. New York City, New England. Well, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, he has not punted, what, in bad weather per se yet, like he's going to get today next, well, the next three games, he's going to punt in cold weather. Yeah, but no college kicker kicks in the the potential cold that the NFL faces because of the NFL playing well into January. Well, it'll be oh, interesting January, to see yeah. how far he kicks it yep. and how often he's got to kick it. I mean, how often is he going to have to kick against Rutgers in Indiana? Because State is inconsistent offensively more than likely. What? How many punts did he break for uh, Behringer? Four, three, five, six? How many? I've, I think there's going to be a fair amount because, unlike you, I, I don't think they're just going to score at will today or run up 30 you points know, or I whatever. Think because of the, I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I really do. Me too, because that's Michigan State this year. They're just not really good. And it, it's nothing about, like, I think Rutgers is some world beater. No. But, again, you know, just because Michigan State upset a obviously, obviously overinflated Illinois team on the road doesn't mean that I'll all of a sudden think they're a double-digit favorite over anybody. I can't do it. I just can't do it until, you like to say, well, yeah, until I, mean, I see it. It's not like I think State said, great, I don't. But what do I always say, Brock? You are who you, like what Judd said. You are who you play. Right. Uh, I agree. I mean, so, I, I, Rutgers, look, I was shocked. What, the COVID year was bizarre because when you look back two years ago at all those games across the country, let alone the Big Ten, let alone Michigan State, there were some bizarre reasons. Indiana coming in here to win 24 to nothing. Come on. You can't score against Indiana at home, but the stadium was empty. You know what I mean? And the irony of that is Indiana had a good team, got the coach an extension. The buyout on the guy at Indiana is unbelievably high. What and, is it? Oh, what is it? For 20 million, 20, 25 million? It's high. What's his name? Tom Allen? Tom, Tom Allen. Allen. Okay, so since then, they've gone nowhere. I mean, they've got, they're at Ohio State today, down two quarterbacks. Well, their quarterback, his, Michael Penix, transferred. His buyout is over $20 million. Yeah. 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 Hey, isn't the kid playing for IU about to transfer, by the way? Hasn't he said he's trans the quarterback who's who's playing now because of injuries well, is gonna transfer after this year anyway? The two guys they ended How the weird is that? game were making their debut against <laughs> Penn. They made their college debut last week because they had two quarterbacks knocked out of the game. And so I don't know what they're going to do of the fearsome foursome of quarterbacks at Ohio State today. <laughs> if I were the two injured guys, I'd stay injured. No, <laughs> Me I'm too. Not, I'm staying out of the shoe, baby. <laughs> Me too. If you guys couldn't block Penn State, you're not going to block Ohio State. <laughs> I'm not going. You know, this is the cold and flu season. I'm staying home. So uh, how they do that? That's a noon game today, by the way. So get the you know when you got your clicker at home today, you got a lot. You know, like as usual, it's a big day to start at noon. You got Purdue, Illinois. You got Ohio State, Indiana. You got Michigan State, Rutgers as warm ups for the Michigan, uh, the Michigan, Indi uh, the Michigan Nebraska game. Let's talk about that before we get out for the next hour. Okay, so the Big Ten has its new TV deal. It's record breaking, one plus billion dollars per year, right? Uh, more than the SEC. So the Big Ten is at least winning the TV wars. They can't beat the SEC in the playoff or national title, but they can beat them in, in the corporate boardrooms. But how long is that sustainable? And what I mean by that is look at the Big Ten schedule every week and then compare it to the games in the SEC. So let's just do that for today. Sound good? Is that fair? Because today at noon, you have your option of Michigan State Rutgers, Wisconsin-Iowa, a race to nine, and Ohio State doing pretty much illegal things 
to Indiana. Is Purdue, and the Illinois at 3.30, is that what that is? Is Purdue, Illinois? I thought or is that a no, night game? No, it's noon. No, it's, I thought it was oh, noon. Oh, Purdue, Illinois. Purdue, noon. Illinois. They got four noon games in a league today, don't they? I think they got four at noon. And there, I, there's no primetime game. In the there's big, no primetime game Because it's November. Oh, sorry. Well, Wisconsin and Iowa is a 3.30 game. Okay. But, but anyway. There's no night game because it's Correct. November. They don't play Big Ten night games in November. But, bless their heart, and I don't mean to change your subject, so get back. Conference USA just signed a new media deal this week. Starting next year, they're playing in the middle of the week in October. Yes. Nice. So, Maction and C-USA action? USA in the middle of the week in October. You get Maction in November. So, we got Tuesday night Maction and Wednesday night Conference U.S. action. No, there no, you go. No, you got Conference USA Tuesday, Wednesdays in October. And you oh, they're going to play them in October. They're playing them in October. And they're moving Maction to... And, well, Maction's always been oh, that's November. True. Yeah, you're right. So, Conference USA said, we'll take October if you're up and running for it. I like that. No problem. I know... I know you don't like games played in the middle of the week, but well, it, it gives me something to talk about. It depends on how I bet them. <laughs> Let's be real. But listen, here, here was the point I was making. He was in a foul mood earlier. This Well, we were both in a foul we mood earlier this week. We're so foul mood over the Eastern Michigan-Akron game, we could barely go on the air. You bet that week. one? I bet uh, Buffalo at CMU and got no, my you-know-what Mich- lit up. Eastern Michigan's a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Akron. And they won. Akron. I saw them over here in September. Right, and they won by six, And right? they had the second-string quarterback. <laughs> a ten-point game. It, it was a six-and-a-half-point line. I went to dinner when it was 31-14 to 14 Eastern Michigan. And Akron's got all 25 of its fans ready to leave, okay? Then in I beautiful come, Infocision Stadium, so which I, they don't need. So now it's 31-28, but I got nine minutes left to cover. And they go, and uh, Eastern goes right down the field. And then all of a sudden, we get the brilliant play calling over there. So, the, you know, they're thinking if we get a, because they have a, Eastern's got a very good kicker. So they, well, you know, we get three out of this, and they're going to have to. How score. do they have a good kicker, and State does it? They Sorry, do. Keep they going. Tr- well, I know, so I'm anyway, just saying. So they, so, they, so they run it to run the clock. I said, no, throw it, throw it. <laughs> Akron's terrible. Throw it, throw it. No, no, no. So the guy kicks. And, and so she says, well, that gets you. My wife said, well, it gets you closer. Oh, you're roping her I into said, this? I said, no, it's six and a half. They're up six. And you know they're just going to run the ball. So then they go back down the field take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> Would you bet Akron? I couldn't bet no. Akron on my deathbed. No, but that night I, I was picking between betting the Eastern or the Central game, and I I chose Central because I thought Buffalo would That was would another classic. I had Central, too, and I gave up at halftime. No, I had Buffalo. I had oh. Buffalo cover. Oh, they man. You. They were getting two and a half, and it's 24 to 7 in the second quarter. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. And I wake up, and that kid ran for 300 yards at the backup quarterback. Right. <laughs> well, in that game, we had, uh, I had Central given something like that, and I gave up, but I'm still watching it. And, and it's, and, and, it was two and a half. And I yeah. said, when they came back out on the field, I said, what, these guys switch uniforms? <laughs> and, and I said to the Buffalo's coach, what, I mean, you've just gone for 300 on them, and now you're going, well, you got away from that. <sighs> Uh, and and they had a goal line stand against Central yes. too. Yes, and still they lose thirty. I mean that's why betting these games is. Yeah, don't tell me how hard it is on the coaches and the players. It's the betters where it's tougher. Well, Central has those two quarterbacks. One is like five foot nine, two hundred and twenty pounds. He's a short, stocky dude. He's the thrower. And then they bring in that kid. His dad played in the NFL. Um, Emmanuel. Oh, Bert Emanuel Jr. Yeah. 
And he can't throw, but he can run. And he busted off an 85-yard run and, and a 75-yard run. And they have to run, run him because Lou Nichols, their running back, right. their top running back, who could play in the NFL, is hurt. Well, By the, the, o- the other irony is for years I've bet against Eastern Michigan, and they, they don't win, but they cover. So I said, you know what? I've, I've got it to use Harbaugh's line. I have an epiphany here. I'm taking the Eagles at Akron. You know, and what's great is, is they said, well, somebody said to me, well, you're going to take them on a road. I said, you know, the road games in the MAC are not what you think. <laughs> they, they, there's 50 people there. Yeah. And Akron Stadium looks the size of the Roman Coliseum, and there's 50 <laughs> people in there. But could Eastern do the job? No, 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 no. 31 to 14 wasn't good enough. You know that 85 yard run Bert Emanuel Jr. busted off in that uh-huh. yeah. CMU Buffalo game? He's, he takes off and pulls off this awesome play like he's never down he like hurdles a guy rolls over another and he scores and he, he runs through the end zone to go celebrate and there's no one in those end zones there's no one there you know I, I you know i told brock somewhat half serious saying you know if you're going to continue to play these these uh non-conference blowout college football games handicap them on the scoreboard so if you want to play richmond next year who state plays and for that tailgate show i think i'm going to be out of town because i don't want to come in here and tell you what a great game this is you want to talk about the spiders well put 35 and a half up on the board and let's kick it off and play and see if they can catch them (laughs) you know you do it brandon i deal with this every day i mean mean, it would be more interesting wouldn't it they handicap golf matches you can play yeah. against Tiger Woods. I yeah. don't know how many strokes you need to beat them, but you can do that. So take Richmond or whatever it is, put 35 half up on the board, and let's go play. I think that's a good idea. Now, yeah. look, I got a question for you before we get out. The point of this segment was to talk about the SEC every week has we'll, we'll better matchups. We'll save that for the next segment, I'm not okay? Team, but, but I'm not a team player on the tailgate show. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, though, um, since it's we're just a few hours away from rivalry week, victory cannon edition, because Western's at Central on Wednesday night action this week, 8 o'clock kick. Hey, Central's still alive for a bowl berth, well, 4 I wanted, and 6. I wanted to know, have you ever covered that game at either place, either of you? Uh, n- no. Ever been I to it? No, nope. I've said. I'd love to go. But I've asked Me Brock, too, I think. Is it Eastern? What is it, Reinerson Stadium? Reinerson. That's, that's Eastern. Eastern. Uh, Kelly Shorts is Central. Okay. But and a, Waldo. Of Reinerson's 35,000 seats, how many of those seats have never had a warm butt sit on them? <laughs> do this every year. And you know what? That's not even the best. You know what? That might not even be the best game in the state of Michigan. The best game in the state of Michigan might be at Alma College. Yeah. Division three, nine and oh Albion at nine and oh Alma. Today. First time Alma. Oh, today. Today. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. First time Elm, I think's ever been nine. And why aren't we talking about that? They're claiming that they'll outdraw Central's crowd and Western's crowd. And by the way, I bet Western too. I bet Western at home against two and seven Northern Illinois and lost. Well, that's your fault. Can't do it. Can't do it, man. That's your fault. <laughs> but see, okay, so uh, Western Central is coming up on Wednesday, eight o'clock kick. I'm thinking about going just because you know, it, it, seriously, tickets on CMU's website are eleven dollars, and I've never been. That's and- going down. Because the tip of it's going to be colder. I mean, you're going to think you're at the North Pole. Yeah, but I've never gone, and I wanted to, you know, experience it once. It gives me something to talk it's about Western too. The next and Central. Day. Yeah, I'd handy, victory cannon. Boy, how do you handicap that game? <laughs> I'd have to make Central seven and a half, and they're, they'll be favorite. And they're yeah, brutal. Sure. Yeah.
Yeah, but they got a backup quarterback who can run for 300 yards. And they're four and six. You know, two more wins gets them bowl eligible. When you watch Maxion and you watch the two team state beat in September that everybody got all excited about those wins, and you watch these two, Western and Akron, you say, my golly, how bad are some of these teams? Right. And I told Brock what I noticed on Maxion with all, because they had all 12 teams playing Tuesday and Wednesday. I said, there isn't one single quarterback in this league. <laughs> and then I immediately get a text from a guy that says, well, the Ohio guy's really good. Well, they um, are seven and three. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I watched he, him in the Buffalo game last week. He is a lone body in a wilderness. No, Miami's quarterback is good, too. I forget his name. But those are guys to keep an eye on for, like, you know, maybe future drafts. Well, but how can you sit here? You are you are such a—you are—I don't know what the word is. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I can't figure it out. <laughs> well, you— you contain multitudes. We'll put it that way. You're telling me right now how State looked unimpressive against Western and Akron, and yet you're telling me they're going to move the ball and score at will and have no trouble with Rutgers today? I, I just think Rutgers is that bad. I, do, I well, think the move. They have better players than Western and Akron. Harbaugh and I have something in common. <laughs> is it an epiphany? I had an epiphany <laughs> this week that Rutgers is going to come in here and lay a massive head. <laughs> now, I'm on stage. That's my 10-point game. They're nine and a half. And let me tell you, if they win by nine, there's going to be there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> and on that note, guys, yeah, let's, let's get out. They better not win by nine. I'm just telling. Because that guy missed a <laughs> yeah. field goal from 20 yeah, yards down. Yeah, because I'm going to suffer the wrath on Monday. <laughs> like I did the other day with, what, uh, Eastern and whoever the heck they lost to. Or whoever they beat. Akron. Yeah, exactly. Because right. that was my 10-point game. It was his 9-pointer. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk more point spreads. and uh, Yeah, let's get to the SEC. We'll save that for the next segment. Yeah, we got to go over the new college football playoff rankings, too, because I think there are some serious takeaways there. Yep. Even though these don't matter. I think you can glean some important things. Well, they things. do matter. Just it's not the ultimate. Well, they, but they do they like this is all just generated to for exactly what we're doing to talk about it. Next segment. Yep. All right, we're back in a couple. It's White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on twelve forty WJIM and ninety four nine MMQ. Back after these words. Another travel update from the twelve forty WJIM Traffic Center. Next. The Mel Tucker Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State football every Thursday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the questions you want answered. The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Ameriprise Financial, Dark Bank, Doubting Industries Incorporated, Chupin and Sons Incorporated, Blue Moon Belgian White. The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your traffic, the only uh, slower than normal spot right now is on 496 coming in from the west side. 496 both directions between Waverly Road and the start of the road closure at Martin Luther King Boulevard, which was still in effect for another couple of weeks. Uh, as far as uh, the uh, weather goes, well, it is uh, 37 degrees. It's gonna, it's cloudy. It's going to be cold and dreary. No rain, no snow. Doesn't look like maybe a little bit of, of, uh, of wind. It'll get, get up into the uh, low 40s uh, when we get to game time, but Right now, 37 degrees and mostly cloudy. Your uh, travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference.
This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from the Price Right RV Studio, and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage, Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial, Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nut House, and Gazelle Wealth Management. All right, boys, uh, Michigan State and Rutgers, now what are we, uh, two and a half hours, a little bit less than from kickoff. Let's talk while we uh, start hour number two of the tailgate show here. Let's dig in on the latest college football playoff rankings that were released on Tuesday, okay? So one to four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. And at the five and six spots lurking, just waiting for one of those teams to barely misstep is Tennessee at five and Oregon at six. After that, 7, 8, 9, and 10 goes like this. LSU, USC, Alabama, and Clemson. My biggest takeaway is, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but reading between the lines, I feel like the committee is telling you there will be two SEC teams in the playoff field. Uh, you got to believe Georgia's going to be there whether they win the SEC title game or not, just by the lead they've built up. They have the best wins in the country. Uh, destroying Tennessee the way they yeah, did. Assume- so thorough, and destroying Oregon who's been on an absolute tear since yes, week one. That win's looking better and better, and that's assuming Georgia <clears throat> wins out, and they should. Yes, uh, here's they, who they have. Let me tell you who they have. Um, sorry to cut you off. That's okay. Keep going after I tell you who they have. That was the point. Um, M- Mississippi State today on the road. That's the toughest of the three games they have left. Go on. At Kentucky. and Ooh, then, Well, I'll have to show up against Kentucky. And then home for the rivalry game against Georgia Tech before they play presumably LSU, maybe Ole Miss maybe or Alabama. Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Or, that's where you put 41 and a half points on the board for Georgia Tech to start the game. Yeah. That used to be a huge, huge rivalry. I mean, it is in the state of Georgia, but, I mean, Georgia Tech used to be really, really good. Right. And I, they just don't have any Calvin Johnsons anymore. Right? Uh, no. So you got to believe Georgia is going to get in regardless of winning or losing the SEC title uh, assu- game. Uh, yeah, assuming a- they're 12-0 and heading to the SEC championship. If for some right. reason they lose it, if they, for some reason they lose at Kentucky, that changes the narrative. Let's just play in the universe where they win out and then we don't know what happens in the SEC title game. Right. They're in. Ohio State, Michigan winner is in by virtue of they aren't going to lose before then and they'll destroy whoever the Big Ten West sacrifices to them. One in the of Big them Ten will title be 13-0. Game. Yes. Right. Uh, and okay. the two seed. So, so Probably. TCU clearly has to win out to get in. Yes. I mean, they just now got into the top four after having four AP top 25 wins for a month. So there's no room for error there. Here's TCU's remaining schedule. Obviously, a huge one under the lights in Austin tonight uh, at Texas, right? Next week at Baylor. Also, I know Baylor's not Baylor of last year, but that's no gimme. No nope. lock. Nope. And they finish out, TCU does at home against Iowa State, who has not been a factor this year, really. So um, I, I think the biggest winner, if there is such a thing, of the latest round of the rankings is Tennessee. Tennessee sitting at 8-1, uh, and one, 
getting thoroughly outclassed by Georgia. Georgia is the first team to stop Tennessee and Hendon Hooker this season in emphatic fashion. 27-13 was the final, but it wasn't even that close. Tennessee wraps up today. They have Mizzou at home. They go to South Carolina, and then they end at Vanderbilt. So what my takeaway is Tennessee has the easiest path to the playoff. All they have to do is win three obviously winnable games against nobodies, and the bottom of the SEC isn't special. Can we agree? Like the top, yes. The bottom, no. Right. Might as well be the bottom of the Big Ten, right? So they don't have to play a conference title game. They just get to take a week off, and they're in the playoff. Yeah, even if Georgia loses to Kentucky, uh, Georgia still got the tiebreaker. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, are you seeing the, the, yeah. the tea leaves the same way? They're telling you there's going to be two SEC teams in the playoff. Yes, more than likely. Tim? Well, I, I think you're, I mean, if, if it plays out, but now suppose you lose a quarterback in the next three games for one of these teams. I mean, to Brock's point, I mean, Georgia's got to go play at Kentucky. That, that'll that be Kentucky's biggest game in 25 years, whatever. I, do I like Georgia? Of course I do. But if Stetson Bennett gets hurt or something like that, um, you know, who knows? I, I, I think the Pac-12 still alive. I just I think Oregon and Southern Cal are still alive. Brock, they play each other in the title game, of the Pac-12. Uh, we don't know yet. We don't know that it's for the top sure yet. Two records now, no well, division. That all right? Yep. Well, if they do, and one of them finishes with one loss, I don't think any of the one losses are out of it except Clemson. I think Clemson's probably out. Here's Oregon's remaining schedule: a top twenty-five clash tonight with Washington in Eugene under the lights, kind of a seven o'clock Eastern kick. Uh, let's see. Uh, they they play Utah next week in Eugene. Well, no lock, right? They, they're favorite, at least no they're lock. at home, and that'll get them some style points beating Washington and Utah. And then they play the Civil War against Oregon State. Right. Who's a credible team this year? On oh, the it's road. in Corvallis. Yep, no lock win. None of those are a lock. None of them. Utah's good. Yes, they are very good. But like you said, they've got them at Eugene. At least they get them at home. But Oregon has been a machine. Oh, they've been since, great. They've been great. Georgia. Yeah, Bo Nix has been outstanding Bo, quarterback. Bo Nix, have you seen his numbers in Austin? 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. But yeah. even if they win those three, then they still likely got to play Southern Cal or UCLA. Yeah, whoever wins the USC-UCLA well, game. They've already destroyed UCLA 45-30 to 30 in Austin. So, like, would that would that be that big of a reach to expect them to, to beat them again? It's going to be ten, – I'm going to help you with this. Tennessee, Georgia, the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And then after that, if Texas Christian's undefeated, they're the fourth. If they're not – and a Pac-12 team finishes with one loss, that would be the fourth team, the way I see it. Okay. That's my four. I don't think the Michigan-Ohio State losers I, – I, I, Michigan, I think Michigan's got to win out. I think its schedule's going to hurt it. Yes. I, do, I think the CFP committee's going to hold that against them, unless of, Michigan's 13-0. Now, the, the, here's a bigger question. What if Michigan beats Ohio State? Can Ohio State get in at 11-1 and after being ranked number two all season long? I don't think the committee is going to put two Big Ten teams in especially in a year where there are already going to be two SEC teams, although wouldn't that be appropriate because that's where college football is headed. It's just SEC versus Big Ten. Well, the perception is is the Big Ten's terrible. Which it is after the top three. Well, don't you agree? Yeah, it is. I do. Can you think of a worst year? Like, we're back to the 70s now. It's the Bo and Woody era. It's four, two te- four big two, four, little eight. Everything four, you said four, is yeah. accurate except if the Pac-12 champion has two losses and if TCU 
loses tonight, that's one, and either loses the re- uh, one of the regular season games or loses the Big 12 championship game. I then think, that's two losses. I, then you're then you're talking Michigan Ohio State loser getting in. I, I think you can make a Michigan Ohio State both in case if you can get TCU and the Pac-12 to, 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 with to, two losses. I mean, if you're a Big Ten, if you're Michigan Ohio State, you want Texas to win tonight. Yes. Now let me give you another. You'll love this. The dean of hypotheticals. Let's say the SEC title game is Georgia versus two loss LSU, and Georgia's still undefeated, and LSU wins. Like close. Well, then LSU has to be in, right? They do. Do you put a two? You put a two-loss LSU team in the playoff. Well, assuming that TCU has lost one, if not more, games, and whomever from the Big Ten gets in, we're just assuming well, that, right? Then uh, it's going to be a three-team SEC field. Like it would go, like presumably uh, LSU, Tennessee, Ohio State slash Michigan, Georgia, and then Georgia. Isn't that perceivable? Like that could happen, couldn't it? If LSU Georgia, a little far fetched, but if Georgia loses the SEC championship game for its only loss. Close. I think Georgia's still in. Yes, I agree. If LSU wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC title game, how can you leave the SEC champion out of there being right. the number one team in the nation? Right. Now they'll do they that. Out. They do that. To other conferences. They've done that to the Big Ten, Penn State, namely, in 2016. But they won't do that to the SEC because it's simply the best conference. Then what happens to Tennessee? Mm. I I think they would just uh, benefit from the carnage in front of them and get in still. But I don't see three SEC teams in. Right. That shouldn't happen. But if TCU loses once, they're out. Like, everyone's ahead of them. And then assume Oregon loses a game and then the Pac-12 title game, I could see it. I could actually see that. Just on the appearance of it, before you'd put a third SEC team in there, then the Michigan-Ohio State loser, to me, would be in play. Unless the Pac-12 champion has only one loss. If everybody else is out. If there's one, one lost Pac-12, then they'll. I think they'd be. I don't see three SECs. I just. I, I, now well, look, if you're going by who are the four best teams on the eyeball, that test, was what I was going to ask. Well, you. then there's probably then you can you're, make the case for LSU, you're saying, Georgia, and Tennessee. You're saying for perception's sake, for perception's the committee sake, cannot let that happen. The committee won't. However, let it happen. you also told me last week that. You you believe that what they do is try to identify eyeball test the four best teams, which they're not supposed to do, but I agree they do do that. I think they all do it differently amongst themselves. Which is not right. Which yeah. is they're given right. very clear criteria that oh, yeah, just don't go to the matter. CF, just go to the CFP yeah. website. Yeah, there's very clear criteria, and they don't always follow it. But if we get that kind of carnage, it's can we agree that it's in play? Three SEC teams. If there's carnage. A little he, far-fetched. But, but, if, but if I'm on the committee where I'm going to have a problem, and we're not going to do three SECs. And LSU wins the SEC title game but has two losses, and Tennessee's sitting there with a only loss at Georgia. And you got to eliminate one of them. You're going to tell me that you're not— the SEC champion doesn't qualify over two teams in the league who didn't win the title. Um, in that case, why are we playing conference title games? Well, I asked that in 2016 when Penn State won the Big Ten championship game. Including a win, a win in the regular season at Columbus. It was, right? No, it was at Penn State. They blocked okay. the punt late. Ohio State's only loss that year, uh, up until the, the the playoff, and then Clemson destroyed them. Right, but, but yeah, it was basically the college football playoff told Penn State, yeah, you beat Ohio State at home, 
but we think Ohio State is better than you. So which forget, is not supposed for, to be for, the case. Forget you. We're taking Ohio State because we. I, yeah, I know you beat them, but we think Ohio State is better than you. So you go to the Rose Bowl and be happy which with it. And we're going to take Ohio totally State. Not, that's the same as if they had put Mich- or Ohio State in over Michigan State in twenty fifteen. But the reason they did, Brandon, Penn State had two losses. I understand, but yeah. one of them was in Week Four at Ann Arbor. The, so the thing with LSU would be their first loss was Week One by one point in a really fluky game in a, in a neutral extra site point in New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Refresh my memory. If Michigan beats Ohio State, does the Rose Bowl have to take Ohio State, who played there a year ago? And Ohio State fan, if they lose to Michigan, do you think the Ohio State fans want to then finish the season at the Rose Bowl? I Not for a second straight year. Not for a second straight and year. And no, they don't have so to take So they don't them. have to take Ohio State. Theoretically, then, if they still want the Big Ten Pac-12, they could jump Ohio State take Penn State. Or Illinois. And then Ohio State would go to the Orange Bowl, would they not? Possibly. Nobody wants Illinois. Right. Why do you want well, Illinois? Well, hold on. I, well, th- that's a big school. Like, because, because it's like the, Michigan State size with Illinois, a huge fan base. If, if Illinois can finish 8-4, and four, and they need to beat Purdue to do it, but if they can finish 8-4, and four, you can book them for New Year's Day in Florida, one of those two, Tampa or Orlando. Yeah, and I I think it's I think Bulls would want Illinois because well, again, then in that huge, case they would because that's Florida and that's yeah. New Year's and they haven't well, been I th- there. I think Pasadena would want them too because it's a big school with a long history, a yeah. big fan base, and there was the last time Illinois was in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, was that two thousand? No, that was the Sugar Bowl. Oh seven. But the draws. Oh, that's right. The Ron Zook. But the draws. Richard Mendenhall. Terrible. What do you mean the draws? I, if I'm the Rose Bowl and I want the Big Ten, I want Penn State at ten and two over eight and four Illinois. I, I agree. But... I want Penn State because Penn State will go, and the game will have some value because Penn State. <laughs> I mean Illinois. Come on, they can't beat Michigan State at home, and you think these guys are a national game to watch in the row? You know, granddaddy of them all at five no, o'clock. No, I don't. New but Year's I do Day? think that Illinois would go. I don't think tickets would be an issue because I think Illinois well, would be Well, I don't eager. think tickets would be necessarily an issue at all. Not necessarily, no. But for TV, but yes, for I agree. the glamour of the game. Yes, I agree. You uh, want Penn State, a name brand, right, obviously. When's the last time Penn State was there? Was that, that 2016? But, it, but, it, but it's a quandary. Where, what do you do with Ohio State if it loses to Michigan and finishes 11-1? and one? That's a quandary because there are going to be people on the committee that will still say Ohio State should be in the Final Four. Uh, is this, uh, it, I'll go one further with you. What if Michigan beats Ohio State, but somehow, some lose. way, loses the Big Ten championship game? That's going to give us the three SEC teams then in, well, the, in the playoff. You can't reward the Big Ten title game loser with the Rose Bowl when the winner would be would not be. In <laughs> well, the, if the Big Ten can. West champion would the Big Ten West winner. Let's say Illinois. Let's say Illinois beats Michigan in the uh, Big Ten championship. Illinois goes to the After Rose Bowl losing at Ann Arbor. Yeah. Has it ever made sense? No. So why do we think it has and, to? And now, now there's an article that came out early, earlier this week that the Rose Bowl could be an obstacle to getting to 12 teams before 2026. Yes, they're still negotiating how they, that'll all work. Because they want January 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern time. They're not they going to give that up. They do not want to give that they're, up, they're, that exclusive window. I think you can negotiate it, but they're not going to give that window up. Well, I don't care why it's so I get it. You know, I'm That annoys me, too. Because, it's of, like, the, come on, because of the parade and the I, I know, but it, it annoys that. me, too. Like, everything has changed. You're no different. But it's get the on board. But then, like, why can't the TV networks just make it work? Why can't they just be like, fine. You're going to be the well, jerk in the they, room, I fine. Think, I think they will. Why haven't we done that already? Why is it such an obstacle? Because I think there are a lot of other issues that go with this that, that are certainly that are tacked on because none of them agree. You know, what do you do with Notre Dame? 
Well, that's a question for Notre Dame. I mean, what are you going to do with Notre Dame? Well, do you way, understand like what the Notre Dame's obstinance about joining a conference is really going to hurt them when this happens? Because if there are automatic qualifiers, the best they could ever be is like the the sixth seed without being a conference winner, right? Well, because would, the way they're saying it's going to work, this is an official, is that the automatic qualifiers would get the one through five seeds. That means Notre Dame could never be higher than six. How do you think they would feel if they went undefeated and then had to go and play at Columbus? I, yeah. I don't see them joining a league. And, and I just was down there. But, but, but there are Notre Dame. But if that is the future we're living in, don't you think they're going to say to hell with that? But but yeah, there's Notre Dame alums out there that are like, hey, they're, if they're we just, go if we go twelve and zero and, and get left out of the play for whatever reason, or get a lower seat in an yes. expanded playoff, we got to think long and hard. I agree. About and joining I think the Jack, league. Jack Swarbrick has said as much. They don't want he, to. He said our chief, our, our chief concern and objective is a path to the national championship game. Well, if you go undefeated and you're still only the fifth seed, that tells me there's going to be some he's thinking not, going he's on. He's not the voice of Notre Dame, though. He's not the voice of Notre Dame. Notre well, Dame. who is? Oh, their their regent base is, and their 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 people, they want no part of a. They love the autonomy they have, and they love the fact that everybody's on their case because they won't. I thought you were going to say Don Cricky because he literally is, or used to be. They, they, is he still the voice of Notre Dame? No, uh, no, no, he's he's retired, retired living in New Jersey. They, they like the great the, broadcast. They, they love Don Cricky. They don't want to mess. They don't think it's broken, and they don't want to fix it. And wait till they get a five seed and they're undefeated, and they have to play at Columbus in the opening round of the playoffs in December. Oh, but, but, but <laughs> yeah. See, this thing is that you know. Then the other thing is, what do you do with Brigham Young, who won't play on Sunday? See, there's an, you had other issues. There, are, there are so many issues that's, to deal with. That's this. not that big of an issue, though, right? Like Notre Dame, way more of an issue. Like I get it, I get what you're saying, but also Notre Dame's a little higher priority. The final issue on the 12th team is not the Rose Bowl. They got other. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. It's one of them. But they got. They're trying to figure out how what networks are going to get. Yes, yes. How that's much the money, issue. Who's going to carry the games? How much are you willing to pay to do it? What are we going to do with the contractual issues we have elsewhere? With uh, you know, ESPN's a huge factor in this because they're holding contracts on all these bowl games. But they've said they're willing to bring in partners. Like they're not saying like, like Fox who want who's going right. to want in a twelve team playoff. ESPN has said CBS, to amend NBC. the the playoff deal, which doesn't end to twenty six. If we want to expand expand before, then we are willing to take on broadcast. Partners. But they haven't come to agreement yet. Right, money talks, and the well, money sure. has not talked to the point where they're all. You know, they're I don't all think anything's going to happen until 26. I don't either. Because uh, they got they after this year, they have three years left on the current deal. I, yeah. I kind of like this. The only thing I don't like are the, what I don't like about the bowl setup. The moment State gets into a bowl, you know what the first news story is going to be? What players are opting out? Mm. Yeah, but expanding the playoff kind of helps that. That, so that would True. clearly help that. Yes. But, but, but I think it still happens, playing all though. these bowl games that have no relevance, all you're going to do is have an all-star list of players who say, I'm not playing. So right. going to the draft. Well, so, so what's the point? Well, we know we we just talked about it. I mean, what's TV the point money? Of, well, I know, but I don't know that those bowl games are going to hold nearly the money crunch. An interest with you the mean network. hold the prestige without it's all the best players hold. not playing? Yeah, well, it's it's if, worked if, for the if, last ten years. They've been an, opting out if, for if a decade. If you're an advertiser, you want an NCAA playoff game. If you're an advert, you want a game that matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may not like Cincinnati versus East Carolina, but if it's in the NCAA playoffs, now all of a sudden it matters. That, 
Tim, come on. Like, people, these advertisers are signing up to throw their name on a season opening game between Florida State and, like, Georgia State. Jimmy, Ki- Jimmy, Mayo, Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel is sponsoring the L.A. Bowl. Yeah, like, they'll get on board for it. P- people watch football in droves, even Maction, on Tuesday night. Or CUS Action well, coming to, next to year. Brock's point. 2026 looks more doable because there's no contract to break. Right. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, but advertisers are going to sign up for this no matter what because America is addicted to football. Good, bad, in between, doesn't matter. We watch it. And you bet on it. (laughs) You're a sick man. Yeah, but. And on that note, on that stress level I'm at, I may not last much longer. Uh, we don't last much longer. The We're Eastern back to Michigan's and Akron's of the world will drive me to the ground. I'm trying to segue. We'll wrap up in a couple minutes. White Law PLC Tailgate Show. Back with more of the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM and 94.9 MMQ in less than 60 seconds. As a the Michigan State Spartan hockey team is back for another season on 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Michigan State Spartan hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Avoid the interruptions from the games and listen longer in the free 1240 WJIM app. Lansing's big talker. 1240 WJIM Lansing and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing. Town Square Media Stations. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Traffic looking free and clear on the highways and the main roads uh, right now. If you're coming in from the east side, Okemos Road at Grand River, that's still closed due to construction for another week or two. Uh, that construction is getting closer to being finished, but take the posted detours in the area. As far as weather goes, it's just going to be a cold, dreary day-to-day, high temperature in the low 40s. It doesn't look like it's going to rain or or snow, really. Uh, it'll get into the low 40s once we get into the game. Right now, it's 37 degrees, mostly cloudy in East Lansing. Your game day travel update brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Classic Rock, 94.9 MMQ, and special game day edition of The Game, 7.30 AM. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian Wine. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV. V Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from the Price Right RV Studio, and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. We are... 
Less than two hours away from kickoff, MSU and Rutgers clashing for the 14th meeting all time. MSU leads 9-4. to It's 7-1 to Spartans. 7 of 8 they've won since 2014 when Rutgers joined the Big Ten, but the 1 was Mel Tucker's very first game back in the COVID year. Here's Tim Stout, the Dean of Sports, with today's defensive keys. Which are brought to you this morning by Gazelle Wealth Management. Well, the defensive keys for Michigan State against Rutgers today might be a little bit different than what we thought going into Illinois last week. For the defensive unit for the Spartans, now that you've got a little bit of confidence or some confidence after the way you played at Illinois against a team right or wrong, which was ranked 15th, and you're playing a Rutgers team today that gave up 52 to Michigan and struggled to move the ball up and down the field, my sense is play with the same enthusiasm, the same discipline, and obviously look for Rutgers to try to run the ball and Michigan State if it can stop the run. It didn't completely stop Chase Brown of Illinois last week, but he was contained enough to where Illinois was only able to score 15 points. If Illinois is a better team than Rutgers and Rutgers gets 15 points, you would think the Spartans would have more than enough defensive help there to win. I'm not sure exactly what Rutgers' passing game is going to be today because the quarterbacks have been different. Rutgers struggled mightily in the second half against Michigan. If Rutgers is behind in the second half and has to throw the ball, can Michigan State's front not only get pressure on the Rutgers quarterback and make him get out of the pocket, can Michigan State secondary manning up make it that much more difficult? I would have to think that the defensive effort against Illinois and the repeat performance today would be more than enough to bottle Rutgers offensively enough to, for the uh, Spartans offense to score enough points and get a second consecutive victory today. We'll see. Defensive keys have been brought to you by Gazelle Wealth Management. Gazelle takes a long-term view using prudent risk management. You can call Joe Gazelle at 336-7200 or visit Gazelle, G-A-Z-A-L-L, Gazelle Wealth Management online at Gazelle, G-A-Z-A-L-L, Gazelle Wealth. Dot com. Guys, I got a message here from Karnak and Holt. Hey, hey, fun tailgate show, guys. I'm just shaking my head at Tim. Why? With his expert uh, is analysis? Is he shaking it up or down or sideways? <laughs> yeah. Which way is he shaking it? Maybe it's up and down. He, I'm in total agreement with him. If he just said he's shaking his head, I'm going to think he's shaking it up and down. Yeah, he's on to something as usual. I'm shaking my head that you think State's going to cover the 10. I, I just... We'll get to predictions later on. All right, what's well, next, I Brandon? Mean, I, well, no, we can do, we can talk point spread right now a little bit. I just I I can't make Michigan State a double digit. I don't favorite. think Michigan State has convinced you off the game last week, nor has Rutgers off the game last week that a repeat performance is coming today. Is that what I'm sensing? Yeah, for for Michigan State, it's just like okay, like they beat an Illinois team that was clearly a product of a very weak schedule. And, two, and the wind was a factor again last week. We and, haven't talked right, about that and, enough. And two games before that, they beat a bad Wisconsin team. They got crushed by Michigan, but kept it somewhat close. I guess on defense, you could say they really only gave yeah, up Michigan one touchdown. Yeah, Michigan didn't put it away until the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah they made Michigan kick five field goals. I get it. And I, I, the defense has come around. But what have has have you seen to well, validate them being a 10-point favorite over anyone? I think in reality... The eight guys that got suspended cannot be that far ahead of the eight guys that took their place. Mm. 
They cannot be light years ahead. That Andrew Gross, they say he struggled in the secondary. Angelo Gross. Angelo Gross. Yeah. He struggled in the secondary at time. And Winman gets all of this publicity and so on and so forth. But the linebackers I saw, Brown ran on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, some of Illinois' play calling, I thought, man, this quarterback you've got, this guy's had some decent numbers. DeVito, you, yeah. Use him. And they never used him as much. They, they, I think they thought that Brown was going to win the game for them. They could run the ball, run the ball. Especially run the with ball, the wind. Run the ball. And to some time they did. But against the wind twice... I, I mean, they just bogged down. And then I think State got it. I think, you know, body language is everything. I think they felt, you know, man, we, we can win this game. And well, it nearly got away from them at the end off the missed field goal. I, I don't know how good Illinois is. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Rutgers has not played one single game that gives me any confidence that they're going to come in here and give State a game today. I've not seen them play one single game. They beat Boston College by one in the opening game, by, and Boston College is terrible. They beat Wagner, who's Division Seven. They beat, who else, Brock? Who have they, uh, they've got, what, four wins. Who are the other two? They had another non-conference win against some little sister of the poor. And they got they got one Big Ten. Yeah, win. they beat somebody in the Big Was Ten. Was it Nebraska by one? No, Nebraska beat them at Rutgers. Did they beat Indiana? I think they did. Yeah, they did. They beat Indiana. Indiana, yes. twenty-four to seventeen. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. Michigan State couldn't really put away Western Michigan. That's no, not at until full the fourth strength. Quarter. At not full strength, the by the way. That's two lifetimes ago. That's my point. Seems that's that's like in that. my favor because they were full strength then. So it's it's not so much about uh, about Rutgers to me. It's just Michigan State has not been good this year. The coaching and, staff has matured as the season's gone along. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I'll tell you what hasn't is the kicking game. They're getting a hang of their jobs now. They're getting a hang of it. So that uh, would be, I, I, I mean, I, I think those two running backs, or three if you include Collins, I think those guys will just they'll run, 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 and I think Thorn. Yeah, but will I, they be successful? I I think so. I don't. I, said, I, I think I, I said yesterday thirty four to ten. That's what I think. Okay, I, I think I think State is going to have trouble running the ball just like they have against vir- virtually everyone because Rutgers, aside from you know playing the good teams, Ohio State and Michigan, they have actually bottled up the run game against everyone else, and these are teams that State couldn't run on, like yeah. Minnesota. And Wisconsin. It would help me if I could go ask Shiano at the hotel this morning or wherever they are right now. How motivated are your players? Do you think? Don't give sure. me the public. I I don't want the you know the public. Pers- I, what? How motivated is your team to come in here and play today? Yeah, I agree. That's probably the biggest thing. I, like, I, are they I gonna... don't know. I mean, that's the one question mark. I mean, I don't because they're how... still playing for a bowl too. Like they're says, four and five. Yeah, but there's a natural letdown coming up of uh, of what last week was for them. You know, it was it was the event right. for them last week. They had a night game. Big crowd Locked and they're the up at at halftime Locked and then the, for a you know, I mean, reality nothing sets else in. for the Illinois win for state. You go tell state's players, hey guys, you realize what you have in front of you now. You got two home games against teams that you guys almost think we can beat. Well, that would be three straight wins, and then we go to Penn State to end it, and nobody will pick us. But you know what? We go in and win that game, and I've seen how you can play on the road against Illinois. We win that game and go four and zero in November. Who knows what kind? Of, I mean, that's your sales pitch. We're still playing for something. I believe State feels that way. I sure, think, yeah, they should. They beat Illinois. If they had beat Illinois, then I wouldn't be on this rant. But because they beat Illinois, to me, it changes the entire perception of this week and next week. Totally, because they'd be 3-6. and six. Well, we don't know what Rutgers' mindset is. No, I, I don't. I, I think it's going to be easier for them to fold up shop. But something we haven't mentioned is we, we're assuming Michigan State is 
better between the ears because of what happened but last you know, week, and now they're coming home. But what happens if that stadium's a well, letdown, which is a very good possibility of well, that being the well, case here's today? here's what happened. Last night, for whatever reason, I couldn't get to sleep, so I had to count something. So I counted last year's Kenneth Walker's runs up and down the field at Rutgers, up and down, up and down, and the next thing I knew it was morning. <laughs> <laughs> now... I get the Kenneth Walker isn't playing today, mm-hmm. but after seeing Rutgers this season, now I know we went for what he ran for last year. Brock and the Rutgers ate 900 yards, 10,000 well, yards. Well, he ran for 90 plus on that one play. Yeah, yeah I mean, where he shook hands with Jalen Naylor before yeah, crossing the end yeah. zone. That was pretty wild. I mean, the three MSU running backs must look at that tape from last year of Walker and say, man, that could be me tomorrow today. <laughs> I mean, uh, this college just says, give it to me, get out of my way. You I've know, seen uh, Kenneth, Rutgers trying to stop this running game. That's probably the NFL Rookie of the Year, and also he's in serious all-pro contention. Yeah, and the only reason he's playing is because the starter got hurt. Well, I think he was the bad guy. I, I yeah. think it's a yeah. clear yeah. example yeah. of why they were eleven and two last year. Oh uh, L- yeah, yes. look at the guy they had. Uh huh. I mean, look at the. We guy need they to had. readjudicate the Heisman from last year because look at this dude. His case just keeps getting better and better on both sides. Well. I, I don't know about that, but in the NFL, he clearly has shown that he's got talent that transfers from where he was last year to where he is now. Yeah, and yeah, he wouldn't even be playing now if Seattle didn't have an injury on its number one back. Yeah, but look, he's better. He's better than that guy. But to the point, I just remember him going up and down. To, <laughs> that, to your point, is what could keep Rutgers in the game. They don't have to play Kenneth Walker today. Well, for sure. They, Absolutely. They and don't have to face the what guy. it is for look, here's what it comes down to for me. Michigan State hasn't had an easy game against anyone. Real, maybe Akron, but they knocked that quarterback out. Way, Who knows what happens there? Maybe that's State, a tight game. If State loses today or wins by something like three, I won't be here next week because I won't need the grief. I just <laughs> I'll get enough of it Monday to Friday next week. So I, no, I, not just from me, Tim. It's going to be from the callers. You I, know how it and listeners. You know how it is. You know, for ninety five million, I expect a cover of nine and a half. Call me crazy. Ten. What up to ten? Oh, it's up to ten. Yeah, now? but I got yeah. it at nine and a half earlier in the week. I mean, on, on our, oh, for the pool, for the pool, yeah. we got it at nine and a half. That little extra does that mean the heavy money's going on Rutgers? <laughs> it, no, it, no, it'd be going on state. Well, it bit. depends. Is it reverse line movement? I don't know. I'll look at the public betting numbers for you in a minute. We got to take our last break. Yeah, let's do it now. Predictions coming up next, and we'll yeah, we'll look at up. some uh, some point spreads too, and I'll get you those public betting I numbers. I bumped mine up to fifty-five to seven. But what? That that's the score today. Is that what you're saying? Said you said 34 to 10. I said yesterday, All right. We're back in a couple, wrapping up the White Law PLLC tailgate show here with you on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Another travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Next, the Mel Tucker Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State football every Thursday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the questions you want answered. The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Ameriprise Financial, Dark Bank, Doubting Industries and. Incorporated, Chupan and Sons Incorporated, Blue Moon Belgian White, The Mel Tucker Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. 
Traffic slowing up again, 496 going both directions between Waverly Road and Martin Luther King uh, Boulevard. It's uh, due to that construction there, 496 both directions between MLK and Penn. That's going to be active for uh, several more weeks, although it is getting closer uh, to uh, completion. As far as the weather goes today, mostly cloudy skies. It's 38 degrees right now. It's going to get into the low 40s. It's going to be a cold, dreary day. doesn't look like it's going to rain or snow, thankfully. Just mostly cloudy throughout the day with a high temperature of 42. Right now, it's 38 degrees, mostly cloudy. Your tr last travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. And we're back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Wrapping it up with you here on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Live from the Price Right RV Studio and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. Dart Bank Mortgage, Joe Sambear. Ameriprise Financial, Craig Stiles. DBI, We Do Office. High Caliber Carding and Entertainment. The Student Bookstore. The Nut House and Gazelle Wealth Management. All right, Tim, we got a few minutes here. Let's take a look at some other point spreads today. Number nine, Alabama, seven and two, four and two in SEC play. At number eleven, Ole Miss, eight and one, four and one. Well, they're going to go into a cauldron because every time Bama's on the road, it's everybody's big game. They love their football at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's got them a lot better team, but beating beating Bama off a of loss is right. It's hard to do. So why is uh, but but then there's this. Why is Ole Miss getting eleven and a half at home? I know they're one-dimensional. They can only run the ball, but still. Like, I take Ole Miss to cover that. Me too. This, I, is, this is Alabama's worst defense maybe in the Saban era. But they aren't going to be able to exploit it. They don't throw the ball effectively. I'll take Bama. To cover 11.5? Yeah. My goodness. That's okay. a huge number on the road in the yeah, SEC. that's a big number. Yeah. I think Alabama will win comfortably by the time it's said and done, but not by 12 or more. Uh, and plus, Alabama, yes, the pass defense is bad this year, but here's something no one talks They'll about. they score 70. They're one of the most penalized teams in the country. Yeah, they are. Sure, they make sure. a lot of self-inflicted yeah. boo-boos. Yep. And so I expect that to keep it closer than it ought to be. That's 330 on CBS. Fun to watch. Number 25, Washington, 7-2, and 4-2. and two. At number 6, Oregon, 8-1, and 6-0 oh in Pac-12 play. Ducks lay in 13. 15, 7 o'clock at Autzen Stadium in Eugene tonight on Fox. Complete lock for Oregon. I agree. I, I hate huge numbers, but they blow people out in Autzen, man. Good well, teams. If the game matter. was in Seattle, I'd take Washington, but it's in Autzen Stadium where that crowd is loud. It's just the acoustics of that place. Even though it doesn't even seat 60,000 people, it's just loud in there. I'll take Oregon. They got a lot to play for. Yeah. And, and listen, I told you, Bo Nix, his numbers are incredible at home this year. 22 touchdowns, two interceptions. There's also this. Uh, Oregon is 7-1 and one as a favorite so far this year against the spread. Washington, this is their first game they're not favored. And they're 0-3 against the number on the road. Something to take into account there. How about this one? Number four, TCU undefeated. Getting seven and a half at number eighteen, Texas, seven thirty on ABC. Tim's Man, all about the Longhorns. No respect for the Horn Frogs. None, zero. They've got more AP top twenty-five wins than anyone else, and they get no respect. The Rodney Dangerfield 
of college football this year. Well, they're going into Austin, and Texas has as good a quarterback, I think, as there is in a country. Do they, though? Have you seen him the last two games? I'm not sure he's right enough to be playing because two weeks ago, or two games ago, he was brutal but against the game Oklahoma won't State. until the fourth quarter because Texas Christian always gets behind. They always start slow, and then they have a big comeback. But I, I just... I call me crazy. I'll take. I don't want to explain it. I'll take Texas. I'm taking TCU, not necessarily to win, but seven and a half is a big number for a good team. TCU is an undefeated team in America, but we'll see. Why not? It's TCU. They've got four top twenty-five wins. No one else has even three. Well, it's my stereotype prejudice. Wow. Hey, at least you're honest, Tim. I mean, it's my stereotype. Brandon, we got to get to the Big Ten well, games because it's on. a full schedule. No, hang on, time out. Quinn Ewers. I wanted to get to this two games ago against Oklahoma State. 19 of 49, two touchdowns, three picks. He got better last week against Kansas State, 18 for 31, 197 yards and two touchdowns. I just Today's his big day. That's not going to get it done tonight. Well, also, I, TCU, uh, mm, awesome offense, number four, four overall, 43 points per game. They can run and pass. This is super balanced. Also, they have the best wide receiver no one knows. You heard of this Quentin Johnston kid, 6'4", 215 pounds. He's going to be playing on Sundays. In a year from now. I just think primetime in Austin's dangerous. Well, That's I think this is dangerous. Horn Frog, 7-1-1 one, one against the number this season. Mm, okay. Uh, right. Let's go to, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Michigan State now, all right? So the line back up to 10 here. Tim thinks this one is a lock cinch. It's my 10-point game. Not that I've had success with those. I've got them 34-10, to 10, and if I'm wrong, it'll be 44-10. to 10. <laughs> Wow. That's going to be a drop. Michigan State 21-12. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. Me too. I'll go 24-17 Michigan State. Okay. I think Rutgers covers. All right. Of course, you two clowns picked Illinois last week. Not well, me. so did you. I picked State to win 23-15. to You liar. Stop. <laughs> Dave was close, though. What did he say? 24? But he had Illinois scoring like 40-some. Yeah. Yeah. Now, remember, that 23 is still the highest point total against Illinois this season. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Akron can cover six and a half against Eastern, anything can happen. Does this mean anything to you, though? Like, public betting numbers. 62% of all bets on the Rutgers-Michigan State game are on Scarlet Knights, and 61% of the money. That's why there are skyscrapers in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that tells you the Sharps, the professionals... Are putting big money on Rutgers. What, I want to know what these people see in Rutgers that I haven't seen. It's not about that. It's what they haven't seen from Michigan State, yeah. which is any kind of consistency. Yeah. They haven't seen. The last time I saw State at home, they they did win. It was double overtime. But I think Wisconsin's a lot better than Rutgers. But that, you know what? That's why they're going to play. Yep. Does Michigan cover? And thir- you're going to be there to report on it. If is, you're, is that right? You're, if you haven't frozen, to death I will by the only be quarter. there physically. Oh, uh, well, spiritually, hey. not so much. All right. Does Michigan cover 30 and a half against uh, Nebraska? Ugh, I don't know. I if, don't think so. I don't, I don't either. Does, doesn't it feel like Nebraska's about to fold up shop, though? Doesn't it? Yeah, but I think especially Mich- I think Michigan is so focused on Ohio State. It, it, they just want to get past this, get past Illinois, and now let's get our game face on. And you got to keep everybody healthy there. And they, I mean, I just think they're going to get everybody out of the game. Nebraska play hard. They'll, they'll, that's a lot of points. It is. It's a huge it's number. A lot of points. But man. this always makes me nervous. Fifty-eight percent of all bets on the game are on the Wolverines, well, as well as fifty-seven percent of the money. I, the pros think Michigan covers today. They, they very well could. I mean, you know what's Nebraska's mindset? But you know what? Their quarterback's not playing today. <laughs> their quarterback. That's <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound good. Well, what about this number? 
Ohio State laying 40 in the shoe against Indiana. 74% of the, the tickets are on Indiana and 80% of the money. The Michigan-Ohio State coaches are going to have to decide how long do they want the stars to be on the field or to get them. Because you know, if either one of these quarterbacks goes out, that changes the Michigan-Ohio State game, as we all know. Uh, yep. quick, quickly, Purdue-Illinois. Illinois, six-and-a-half point home favorite. I don't know. I don't. I don't it's I don't, hard to care. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to care. I, I mean, I'm going to give Illinois a second chance only because I don't like Purdue. I don't know. I'm going to cop out. I'm going to put it on the board. I'm ready to go chug some beers and go to this game. I'll be honest with you. Uh, dress warm. I've got long johns on, electric socks, hand warmers, and then I've got Tim's hot takes to keep me warm. Oh, I'll put on. All right. So what's the, what's the score again? What was your score again? 24-17 MSU. Rutgers I, covers. I got 21-12. Okay, read the sponsors. And then Tim had 34-10 MSU. All right. Thanks Wh- for being here. White Law PLC Tailgate Show. Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine. Doubting Industries. Shoe Pan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services. Gravity Smokehouse. MSU Federal Credit Union. Dart Bank Mortgage, Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial, Craig Stiles, DBI, We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nut House, and Gazelle Wealth Management. Thanks for being here, folks. We'll do it again a week from today, Saturday, November 19th, as Michigan State wraps up its home slate for 2022 already against Indiana. Game time not yet decided, but we'll be here three and a half hours before kickoff, and we'll go right up to 90 minutes when Will Teeman and the Spartan Media Network take over. Uh, Until then, go green. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ, East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations.